Episode 164 of Tactical Crouch. I'm so tired. Woo. Wake up. Time to you, wake you up. Wanted some, you want to hear some sleep advice that I picked up that actually works according to my Fitbit? If you can. Okay, three, three oh, quick oh yeah. steps. All right. Okay. Short, brisk walk. Some probably like best two hours before you go to sleep, if, you, if possible. Take the dog out or something. You can do it. Um, wool socks during the night helps you acclimate body temperature, and then uh, within three hours of um, sleeping, either uh, temperate like I do low, like I basically open the window and sit there with without a shirt on. And currently, it's cold in Germany, so that works. Not sure if it works for you. Maybe you need. I mean, you're in sh fancy schmancy San Francisco. You you'll find a. Uh, What's it called? Cryogenic chamber? Cryogenic. Cryogenic, Cryogenic yeah. I'll yeah, do one of those. Around. They Go have those there. like the they're like a, a 35 second cold freeze where they put you in like negative 70 degree mm -hmm. temperature for like literally 30 seconds. And it's designed to like totally invigorate your body. No thanks. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it you has back home. Come on, straight to Minnesota. Really improved my sleep uh, quality. I I did a sleep study. I did a sleep study a couple mm. um or last week, and I'm waiting on the results of it. But sounds like my sleep is prone to apnea. Imagine being slept bad at sleep. Imagine just yeah. someone coming up and saying you're you're bronzed here and sleeping. Iron, to be fair, I'm, Hello. I'm hard stuck bronze because of my teammate. So. Ooh. Oh, oh, blaming the teammate. Hey. Oof. Anyways, uh, I hope I hope we're talking about the dog. Well, I mean, to be fair, there's a team of four now. We've got True. Katie, the dog, and the cat. Cats and are it, terrible for sleeping. You know, like, he's not actually that bad. Yeah. Like he's been he's been really good about. Um, number one, I sleep with like a fan just blowing on my face. Mm -hmm. I just like I want to be I want to be sleeping in like twenty mile per hour winds whenever possible, yeah. and yep. so he doesn't really come and bother me a whole lot because he doesn't really like the wind. So he he basically mm -hmm. just comes up, gives me a little purr, and give him a little pet, and then he goes and sleeps with Katie, uh, mm -hmm. or or does does other things in the apartment that who knows I don't know how things get where they are. It's true. There are there are uh, temperature devices for your mattress, which you could look into. We so honestly, we did for the longest time, um, mm -hmm. especially because our specific apartment has. It's uh, our our bedroom is on a corner, and it's almost all windows, so it basically it gets mm. really cold in the winter, and it gets super hot in the summer. We had two months out of the year where we had four hundred dollar um, electric bills Ooh. because we had to run the AC because we couldn't get the uh, the um, temperature below like eighty five degrees. 
windows open and we're right we're kind of right over a relatively busy street so it's like even then keeping a window open we've we still do it anyways because it's Mm-mm. it's better than you know staying hot in there suffocating and so but then, then you have just these the loudest cars going by only loud cars drive at night did you know that yes they just they and only tr- drive and like at motorbikes night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People overcompensating like, a lot. So, someone just wakes up at 1 a.m. goes like, oh, my Harley needs to be driven. And then you're know, just mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's like, time happens. to go to work, 3 a.m. on my Harley, like, in my yeah. Chevelle. Jeez. Yep. Oh, <laughs> with an air horn. Like, yeah, with an air horn, <laughs> blasting, like, Despacito or something. And it's <laughs> yep. just the worst. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, by the way, chat, if you want to see pictures of my pets, discord.me slash kick tripod, I have a channel dedicated just to showing off pet pics. So you can hop in there anytime. I, I promise that's not a euphemism. <laughs> Who would call it their pets? Uh-huh. <laughs> what would they? You know, yeah. rule 34 is a thing, I suppose. Right. I guess anything could go. Anyways, uh, we're an Overwatch podcast, and we actually have Overwatch to talk about this week. Yay! Woo! We'll give it a... We're there. We're so close. We did it. So, like uh, like I said, we, we have some Overwatch. We had the Steel Series Invitational. We also had uh, a Washington Justice uh, Scrim event, which was Open really cool. Scrim. Yeah. A good and balance of... Some fun, some actual competitive matches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we definitely do want to talk about those today. But before we do, uh, (laughs) Eric is he's worried I'm going to skip over the patrons. We can't skip the patrons. Skip the patrons, Eric. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Patron producers, Refine Bean, Ferdino, Battlecrab, Picasso, Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Gerthalant, Porkchop, Sammy, Cautious67, Char, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chris R34444, Bronzebot, Boohow, and MFG. Thanks so much for supporting the show. If you like the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Sign up there. Uh, we were going to have in our, our anime meeting on last Friday. That it ended up being a little bit weird with timing and stuff. So are we doing anime on Friday, Joe? Um, let's do it next Friday. Yeah, I can't do this Friday either. Yeah, let's do next Friday, and then I stay stay posted in the Discord, and then we'll we'll find a show. I won't do another straw poll, so you know some of these, you know, degenerates can't uh, cook the books. So we'll we'll find we'll find a, a an ethical way to vote on exactly what we want to watch and go from there. I so far it's been a success because I've thoroughly enjoyed watching the entirety of uh, the Promised Everland. So big ups to I think Jessica kind of recommended that in, in our chat. So I, I don't think yeah, I'll get on with it. You, My, mine was Violet Evergarden. Ah, that's right. That's you right. watched the entirety of Promised Neverland. I watched all of already? season one, and I'm well into season two. I thought we were doing this together as a team. Oops. We, I mean, I, I waited up until Friday and then it kind of fell apart. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to watch he, it. He's not to blame. Wow. The he thing, just held the, up the, the thing that Joe organized fell apart. And then he just said, 
you and moved on. Got it. I mean, there's other shows. We'll we'll watch some other stuff. Don't worry. Uh, There'll be plenty of other anime to watch. Well, anyways, Katie's at least that's Katie's super into um the Finding Neverland now. So mm, uh, very good. That's fine. Now we can now we can do that. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. We're probably all caught up on it already, right? You guys are watching that every week. Uh, yeah. Or are you I, over I, the Shonen? No, I, I won't get into it. Tune in next Friday. Ask me questions then. I have opinions. All right. Fair enough. We need to talk about Overwatch anyway. Yes. And the first thing, let's talk about uh, the Steel Series tournament. So, Steel Series put together a little invitational. We had Boston Uprising, Paris Eternal, LA Gladiators, and London Spitfire, right? Those are the four. Yep. What, Yiska? I get, to do my, I get to do my favorite thing. I get to do you. I get to ruin all your guys' fun. Shit on with Paris this discussion. No, uh-huh. I guys just get to say that you guys are taking this way too seriously. <laughs> like, no, we're not. Shut up. We haven't even had the conversation no, yet. Nobody's I, ever said anything yet. Oh my like, god. No, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Yiska, you should know. Nobody on this show is gonna no, no, put I'm not, a ton of I'm not stock in you, as in. You you know uh, like when right you like, as in only the people that you want it to apply to to make mm-hmm. your argument valid got it I mean I want to just make as many people unhappy as possible of course I'm very mm-hmm. efficient mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. that's patreoncom tactical crash <laughs> okay so for for one I think it's crucial to point out that uh like when people started screaming and whatnot it's really inconsistent across the teams I think. <laughs> Um, I think the competitive environment of these scrims was very different than what we sh- hopefully can expect uh, in terms of pings. Mm. I hope, um, like, there's also something to be said about how serious teams, uh, how serious teams took this one. Um, I think the idea that they're holding back strategies, big weird champ. Yeah. Don't know about that. Why? Like for what? Makes no sense. Like, um, but yeah, like I think we will do well as to not overestimate what you thought. Like, be my guest in like going like, oh yeah, actually, like those teams look better than we thought. Fair enough. Use it for positive reinforcement. But like to, and I don't think we necessarily did. But um, I think uh, estimating how low certain people will be. Mm-hmm. Like, like theoretically, okay. Here's here's the um, what's it called? Uh, the uh, the concept where like you know A beats B, so B beats C. Uh, I, so, I always call that MMA math, but that's just because I watch it. Yeah, we we USA. have said it many uh, times. Transitive property, transitive, transitive properties yeah. of like you know like how it goes like so. Paris loses against your two teams. Mm-hmm. Which then, I, yeah. I'm not sure whoever said that, and it was definitely also not the plot, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, therefore, if they split almost split a game against blah uh, against Boston, then mm-hmm. therefore, logically, it follows that Boston is a tier two team, and it is proven that they are by them getting smashed by gladiators. I didn't see that logic applied very often, I would say. I think. 
pat yourselves on the back community like nobody used used that information that you got for evil this weekend yeah. mostly i think you, we were all just very happy to uh have some overwatch in our lives which is by the way another side tangent we could open up mm. but um yeah i think contextualizing this like even if we think back to the season one preseason uh games those didn't end up mattering whatsoever i think no. dallas field went t20 and stuff like that like it doesn't matter agreed i think and i have a i have a lot to say on this so i definitely don't want to harp too much on it but i think teams a have gotten a little bit more comfortable with i think everything like regarding i think teams were like hyper like competitive when it came to like the preseason season one and like we're trying to like really try to, to save everything and hide as much as possible and didn't really make take sense. anything to yeah. it does but i don't see how that differs too much from this i guess you could argue that maybe there's a passion it's seven weeks away or six yeah, yeah I, I guess i think that's fine but i think if that's the case, then I'd want something more like what we're seeing now. I, I think I really do think that our the preseason events that we've seen thus far definitely have been the best that we've seen. Just because maybe it is because there there is so much of a gap between now and then, and teams can actually play the game and be competitive and want to win as as relatively much as you can in the preseason, um, and and actually compete and not just be completely flippant and just throwing everything away like it gives us content in the off season or preseason i guess look i'm also i'm like advertised as a curmudgeon so i'm i'm just going to just gonna play the title understood and also say i think they really wasted the potential of this event by absolutely not like promoting it like if you promote that two weeks in advance i think steel series also gets way more bang for their buck this viewership was actually quite low in comparison also because that there was so little anticipation. If you go through the entire uh, advertisement process, I think you can, I mean, maybe not have owl numbers, but you could have 20k viewers on that yeah, stream. It, it did feel like spur of the moment. I found out about this talking to somebody in Discord. They're like, oh, are you going right. to you know, tune in this weekend? I'm like, what's happening this weekend? It's like, oh, there's this like, owl event. I'm like, what? Where? And just kind of came up and then I saw it was posted like a couple hours later and it was just like, oh, this seems again so hap like matter of fact, like, oh yeah, we're just gonna play some stuff and eh, mm-hmm. is what it is. Like it yeah, I agree. Like there should have definitely been more marketing behind it. That said, I'm not going to necessarily uh, crucify them over it. I'll take content in the preseason. Um and uh, again, it's something that we've desperately needed. And yes. uh, yeah, I think Justice and Soul doing a great job as well. So again, I hope more teams do more stuff like this next season or next I, preseason. I think that's a big reason why we overwhelmingly just saw positive emotions. It's because we're so starved for content. Yep. Like our postseason, like once again, this event, even if it didn't like show it empirically through like overwhelming viewership for the reasons outlined before mm-hmm. it definitely proved it to me anecdotally where i was like soaking that stuff up so much um and like really wanting to have that experience again and i think like we just gotta th- this was this some like this was advertised before the overwatch league that we're going to have these third party uh tournaments that was part of the ideally that 
that uh, every organization got. Mm. And hopefully with this new leadership direction, we're finally cashing in on it. Because like without a World Cup, it's not great content for me anyway. So but I, I recognize you, that people like that. Yeah. Can, can you elaborate on what you mean by we're starved by content? Do you just mean by actual gameplay Games. content? Yeah. And not yeah. the third-party shoulder content that we've been getting? Because I feel like they're just... At least five or six teams in Overwatch League who have been putting out consistent content. I agree. um, At a relatively high level. Um, Mm. And then, so like, you know, just just making sure we're For instance. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I think that was was just the big things I wanted to to bring up. Yeah, no, no. We we haven't had competitive gameplay uh, from teams at any kind of any level. We had the the justice um open scrim event which we'll talk about in a little bit but the justice mm-hmm. open scrim event they did um a, what a best of three best of five and then they did like a for fun they did a for fun they did a newcomers versus old apex and then they did a like a 4v4 yeah. uh oh, what's the name of the the slayer elimination mode? elimination um yeah map type and like yeah, that was again that was great like that's honestly in my opinion that's how off-season events should be run yes like you, yeah. you have Competitive, that, that little and competition and then you want to goof stuff. off Switch it up, it. let yeah. the other players play with each other and let like yeah. that's that's one of the really cool things about uh esports um uh, in general is like you know if for for professional sports you can't really like mix around the players on the different teams a right. whole lot it's just not very feasible because they're all playing almost all the time and you you know you mm. have all-star games and those end up being a huge spectacle because you get to see what would happen if we switched this up and did this and just like exactly. let it happen and be fun it's it's such an easy easy and awesome way to make something fun and then you don't have coaches being all concerned about we're strats um it's just not not really a I, consideration yeah i think for me like the, even I'm not even really like, yeah, definitely do the fun stuff. And I think that keeps people engaged, but I would like to see just more competitive stuff like a cup or something uh, that teams actually participate in. And honestly, just invite contenders teams as well. Make it a scouting spectacle on top of that. And I mean, yeah, go ahead. Stick your neck out. Yeah. Again, I I love the idea. I love the idea. I don't think... Who who the, the wants ownership to be, group would be down for that? Who wants to be the team be, that invites contenders teams yeah. to play Overwatch League teams and lose to a contenders team? I mean, it, it was sufficient. Like it, I think we had Arnold on the podcast, for instance, suggesting what? as much to do that on in the Overwatch League proper, right? And, again, that's one of many, you know, representatives of ownership groups, like. I don't know. I would be very surprised to hear if that uh, opinion is agreed upon across the board. However, me personally, I agree with you. I don't think they'll agree with you. I'd love yeah. to see that. I also happen. think Maybe it's one thing to say it on a on. podcast, and it's another thing knowing that it's sure. not going to happen. I, I mean, I, I did report upon that being like something that was talk, talked 100%, about. One hundred percent, and I think a meetings, lot of the yeah. rebuttals to that report come yeah. from that same place where it's just like, is the league really going to go through with this? It seems kind of touchy i don't know that again just don't suck we already have super a ton of mechanism that agree do do punish you heavily that you, when you suck so just give it another kick and then 
Very easy. The thing, the, the problem is, is the people who have the decision that you're giving the people who have the authority to make the decision, mm. uh, would much prefer to then do it this, this not way, ha- not have to risk it. And then you can just have suck. And then it's, you know, it's a financially better business decision. So like here, here's how, what you do, you do a cup, you invite every Overwatch League team. They don't show up because they have to uh, play two two teams. Yeah. Be my guest in being like the scared cat that doesn't yeah. want to sh- show up. Be my like I know like a couple of teams will show up and feel confident yeah. that they would 100%. perform well there. It would be uh, an interesting scouting event. I wouldn't okay. do it directly after the problem is like it's really hard to find a proper timing where you're already like past the fatigue of playoffs. But mm. then also have it be relevant towards like pickups. I'm not sure if a timing like this exists actually. So, but, yeah. Like, I think what I'd rather, like, in a realistic world, what I think would be better to do is we get back to the academy model and then do an open cup thing where teams can only have a maximum of three of their Overwatch League roster and a three of their academy roster going against. Oh, I don't care for that. I don't care for fun events. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't that's, care less. That's fair. That's fair. The, those academy I, teams would be scrimming and playing against uh, their their parent team quite a bit anyway. So it's exactly. not it's not quite. I agree. Yeah. It's it's it's. I don't. I would disagree that it's purely a fun thing. I think you can get really good competition out there. You could see how individual players perform against rosters. Mm. Um and, and perform and slot into those things, and you also give the coach and the franchises an opportunity to kind of see how different looks fair. Where on paper maybe it didn't look so good, and the only way to test that out is to scrim them or quote unquote call them up, which really hasn't happened in Overwatch League anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I still think to your point, I, I think if you were to maybe not mandate i don't know exactly how or or how married i am to the idea of like forcing teams to have academies but if you could um i think that would be much more agreeable or or charitable from the ownership's perspective to have tournaments with academy teams and maybe some invited teams that want to participate have a cup in the preseason well before you know um you know you just punish teams that don't chill out financially by not yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you again. But nobody is saying that we would we wouldn't rather just see the best competition across all levels, mm. the opportunity yeah. to play each other, see who comes up on top. No, I, I, you're definitely not getting that from me. I just, you know, at the same time, Yiska, like, be realistic, dude. We are having let's be we are let's having be realistic. Tier four teams in Germany play in cups against Bundesliga teams, and they kick them out of competition all the time, and nobody's crying about it. Like the American soul is so fragile. Jesus Christ! Whoa, I don't, I don't whole, think it's first of all, f- you. This is not an American <laughs> idea here. No, it is. No, it definitely it's, is. It's definitely like, not. It's absolutely protecting the franchise. Not. Absolutely, yeah. American leagues are just so good at putting the best talent at being a rung, two rungs, three rungs above any of the other competitive leagues in league. season around there. It, it's just, it's just not even a comparison at this point. It's oh man, I'm trying not to tilt off the earth right now. Because you, I mean that okay. The the difference being that usually 
like a 70 year old isn't going to outperform anyone older in traditional sports. Well, that is true all the time in, in esports, right? So if you have developmental leagues outperforming the top leagues right. in, in sports, that just doesn't happen, right? True. Like, but in, in esports, it does all the time. So it isn't really comparable. Oh. But like, we don't care in, in Germany or in Europe about football teams being upset by, by, by way lower ranking teams and compete, putting them into competitions directly. There's, there's just like, there, there's just not even an, an equal like thing. U.S., United States, North American sports structures are so funneled up that it is incredibly rare to see a single player, let alone an entire team, be able to transition into the top level play. Um, the same is true in in. European apparently not well. if you're it's if you got some, if you got tier four teams not sometimes out they punch else. up sometimes they punch up it's just how it works because the others have other uh season structures and whatnot and maybe there's also like yeah, they, them just, just focusing happen, on at the, least at the highest level like we could probably argue it would, in like it the development in the developmental leagues Maybe like you have college like, teams would, would you have like a, a, a single speed. A team beating a triple A team or something like that in baseball. Sure. But there's no combination of single double and triple A players that is going to beat uh, any major league baseball team in a best of th honestly, maybe just any game period. I mean, it doesn't happen regularly for us either. I mean, right? I mean, like I'm talking less than three yeah, percent. Like, I it's... do wonder because of how NA is structured with the franchise and how much like capital they have to spend. I don't know that like bottom teams or not bottom teams, but like lower tier teams have the capability to keep around players that would be able to. I don't think you realize just how. The samey it is in in European football. It, it and might still be still what the percentages are of even a bad team. Like for instance, I would say at no point did any team ever have a lower than two percent chance to beat the San Francisco Shock in the league. It just doesn't happen very often. Okay. Like it, there's always the probability of uh like for instance in th this season like um I think. Bayer Leverkusen or whatever, it's like a tier one team. It's not the best team, but like they lost against the third or fourth uh, like stage thingy. And it's like the fun stuff is that you don't necessarily play in the structures of the host team. You pull it out of that environment a little bit. It's definitely different football because these guys are basically butchers very often. And but like it's also why the Bundesliga, for instance, has the strongest tier two and tier three viewership uh comparatively to their tier one viewership in the world because everyone can punch up in cups mm -hmm. and everyone can be promoted right so it's you i mean again this is a very genuine and ignorant question is this just from germany or are there like very flourishing no that also happens in clubs no, same in uh i think pretty sure in the premier league you also have a cup and you can this punch up in the cup. This is just okay. also just so difficult to try and translate because like number one, uh, the United States has premier leagues in four of the top five sports in the world. Right. Um, the, the one it's not 
it doesn't have obviously being soccer. Um, but football, basketball, baseball, hockey, it's the NHL, um, NFL, MLB and NFL. Like it just, it just is. So it's on, it's like, it's not that European basketball isn't a thing. European football leagues are a thing. Australian leagues are a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, like we hear about those, like the Russian leagues are huge in hockey and stuff, but the United States has, has the best leagues in each and every one of those things. And they're seasonal and people in North America are generally fans of two or three sports, which very generalized here. All I hear is Yiska talk about is hockey or not hockey. Uh, all I hear Yiska talk about is soccer. It's just soccer, 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 um, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, if, if an entire region of people is largely only playing one sport and they're developed basically any youth to play this one sport, you're going to have a, l- a lot larger pool than a singular league can come round to hold. Whereas in North America, you don't have that at all. You have multiple right. sports that are, you know, you're talking multi-million dollar salaries for so many of them. And uh, the seasonality, the viewership, the whatever. And even then, like NCAA football, basketball, uh, especially those two are, that's college level um, for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, viewership are, are insane. And like March Madness is, I don't uh, top two, top three um, viewer, viewership event in the world. Something like that. It's, it's What's insane. March Madness, Madness again? March Madness is where you take a single elimination. Mm-hmm. Is it 6400? I I don't I don't like it's, it's a huge college it's a huge single elimination tournament. Single elimination tournament. March Madness. It's top 64, top 128. Something. I can't remember. 64 teams. Thank you. And I should know. I fill out a bracket every year just for fun. And yeah, it's just a single elimination. You go best team wins. Lots of upsets, lots Lots of of crazy upsets. And, uh, you know, the NCAA basketball is probably the best, you know, the best correlation because you have division one, division two, division three. It's not abnormal for a division three team to beat a division two or even a really bad division one team. Mm. There's a lot of that, you know, kind of quote unquote punching up, but there's really no scenario in which an NCAA team, unless you maybe take the very, very, very best NCAA players, you happen to have them go to, I don't even know who the best teams are. And then you put them against the very, 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 very worst NBA team on a uh, collegiate court. And then you might, you might get the, the outcome that you want. It's just, it's just really hard to compare, and that's that's I think the yeah. the big. I mean, it thing really here. doesn't happen that often in cups in, uh, across Europe, right? And I, I think Chat said that pretty much every European country has a cup like this, right? It's just a like a, it's a much more like a thing which ties all aspects into like all little cities and everything into this mm-hmm. one big thing. It, you can have like, it region. Right. If if we're then comparing it to Overwatch, it makes even more sense. Like I, I'm not sure why. Like uh, honestly, 
if if they are, it just makes sense if players like Sugar Free, for instance, or like Haxal or whatever, if they are underage, can't play. Of course, there's going to be teams filled with people like this that are just going to be better than 15 teams in the Overwatch League. That's just how it works. And mm. to deny those players to play during their peak is taking value away from your product. And I don't care that the uh, worst teams are going to cry about it. They are indirectly hurting themselves by um, not allowing the entire uh, scene to progress by showing mm. this. Would be way more hype if people knew. Uh, like, think how fascinated people are by like performances in World Cup that mean absolutely nothing Agreed. comparatively. Agreed. To what what contenders should mean, mm -hmm. and like if we if we had more of these touching points more regularly, we would also have a more healthy contender scene that would mm -hmm. just like support uh, tier two more. And I'm not convinced it would take away from the tier one. So if, if, I, th I think it would add by adding off season nobody, events. And nobody is disagreeing. Agreed. Like I, there's, I don't think that there's a sane person in the world who isn't disagreeing with you. The problem is, is that the people who are in a position to make those decisions are forced to put themselves in a worse position as a franchise owner, as a team owner it's out to them. further the scene. And there's a lot of problems with that, but mm. I mean, I'm sure you can appreciate uh, the conundrum of your own personal interest versus the quote unquote greater good here and how every single franchise yeah. owner is going to go for their personal interest. They care about how much money they make, not the team makes. I or, agree. Or the, the I think they makes. don't understand that would make them more money. Yeah, I, I a lot of these I are coming from endemic few. sports. They're not dumb. It's not like these people are dumb. It's it's not as clear of an obvious win as you think it is. You can't just out. I don't think out out ev I yeah. I, I don't, don't think, think you can dumb. out event a, a stale esport. And you've got a new thing coming out right now in, in a year and a half. I mean, that's sure. a fair shout, yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of stop the bleeding. This off season. Yeah. You know, stop the bleeding so the ambulance can get here rather than just cutting it off, you know? It's just, just stop the bleeding. Let them, let them yeah. go. Okay, let me, let me throw this at you, Yiska. Um, because again, I think, I think there is a lot of merit to doing something like this, having a cup. Um, but I do strongly believe in the uh, benevolent lie that we're told from the Overwatch League that this is the best competition. I mean, we've said this for years now, especially on this podcast, that there are plenty of contender teams that can and probably should be able to challenge some of the bottom tier all teams and probably would beat them and consistently do beat them behind closed doors. Um, would you be okay with someone like the justice coming out and having like a gauntlet style event where they invite tier two teams to play through a gauntlet and you get to play the justice and the grand final, you know, teams battle it out, climbing the, the invited ladder, you know, 12 and 11 seed teams play each other. And then they go on to play the ninth seed team. The ninth seed team plays the 10 seed team. And then you get up to the justice. If you, if you actually can't find anyone, any other franchise, that's not wussy. Like, to enter sure. that competition, I guess yes. But I, I'm decently confident that, for instance, organizations like Seoul, because Arnold intimated as sure. much, even yeah. though you, you could say maybe that it's a di different situation where, like, 
you have to make the step towards like exposing yourself towards that risk when nobody else is. I'm not sure. It might change the equ equation, right? Mm. Yuki is saying can't the, Spitfire in. The Spitfire are in. I they're, mean, they're actually easy probably... to say when you've been bashing your tier two leagues, <laughs> league like without a single like match loss in your region. No, no, that, like, that would be sick. Yeah, there also is. I also don't think is as much of it is is cowardice as we might lead on. As much as it's there's not a lot of organizers who want to try to foot the bill for. Uh, an esport or an esport that is you know hemorrhaging viewers and on a different platform than most yeah. of those other esports organizers are on. That's mm -hmm. a big thing. Um, off season this year is a little bit weird with COVID, but off season is relatively short and restful for Overwatch League. And yeah, putting a bunch of you know slamming a bunch of events in there is not probably very feasible Bad this ideal. year we need a yeah, this year i would i would argue it's different but yeah. there's also new and distinct challenges that yes. are are you know coming around with this now so you number one who's who's going to organize it so teams should be organizing it in my opinion but then the people mm -hmm. the teams there's so many teams that aren't staffed on that side of the Agreed. of of the organization to you know set up tos set up invites set up assets set up promotions set up all those the logistics other, of it all yeah it's, it, it's 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 not easy it can be done i mean you can hire like esports engine if you want like for in my mind With what money yes yeah no <laughs> what, how it works is like I was look, looking, watching like an IEM press conference where they okay. just went through the process of like having a really small Katowice in the beginning, and Intel was there from day one playing the long game. I think they're in fifteen seasons now, right? Sure. sure. And now everyone, like Intel, as a sponsor sponsor of the IEM, just mm -hmm. makes sense. You know that we sure. also have a sponsor like this, right? We have T-Mobile. We have T-Mobile. T-Mobile sure. is like the outstanding so like for them to just not say okay let's let's forget about the world cup let's maybe if we're actually regularly starting the league in april and if not we would have to adjust accordingly but like if we're having a roster lock window anyway why not have a competition in the middle of uh january where we all like the the result of that a it would split the off season half right yes b the results of that wouldn't be taken as seriously, and you might even be able to stress test whatever sure. you built and have time to adjust to that. What's that? Agreed. The viewership would be high uh, comparatively to because, like, you're filling that void that people are looking for. Do you kind of want to see the new team playing and whatnot? What what people have been cooking up, and then as a title sponsor for T-Mobile, guys, this like people are building stadiums that are going to be ready in 2025. This is a long-term play. You're not looking at your money right now. You're looking to establish a brand towards that particular esports. And yes, it's a risk. It was for Intel as well. But they are uh, in the long-term play in that. And we have sufficient uh, investment that it's rather unlikely this is going to disappear the year after or even the five years after. Right. So there's, so, yeah. there's one caveat to, to what you're saying because mm -hmm. I generally agree with everything that you're saying. And I think that there's one thing that changes all of that. Mm -hmm. Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 is a multiplier for every dollar you invest. 
There's very sure. little, in my opinion, there's very little um, advantage to investing meaningful dollars in Overwatch League or in competitive Overwatch now that isn't just stop the hemorrhaging dollars. Let's keep it as active as we need to to keep the the committed base entertained through Overwatch 2. But think I of mean, it think of it this way, every dollar you spend today um is potentially 3 or 4 dollars you would get back in a year. Or like it, it would be like it, it, as far as the outcome you get. Every every dollar back that you get investing in Overwatch right now do, is, do you think we is right I, a third or fourth of what you would get investing on the Overwatch 2 side of the timeline? I mean, there's there's also the line of thinking where not investing now like lowers the base from which you lo multiply from. And like, yes, the, the eventual sponsorship dollar will be equal. You could also make, like if you're Blizzard, you could, for instance, offer um, more for that particular time and also say like later on, if this actually blows up, your rates are a little bit lower than they would otherwise be because you helped us early. Those types of deals, like, sure. I'm not into business. Blizzard's big, doing the like, same thing, though. Blizzard, Blizzard is also doing the same thing as they're delaying every dollar that they can from going on mm. during the Overwatch era to the Overwatch 2 era. So it's not like they're going to incentivize <laughs> other people to do... They just, like, everybody right now is just on a... We're coasting. We're coasting into Overwatch 2. We're, there's going to be a ton of ramp up three four right. five months before overwatch 2 comes out right. you're gonna see I mean, a ton a of money going in again you're gonna see those hundred thousand dollar tournaments going on on tbs or whatever the hell that was you're gonna see tv deals again you're going to see that type of money reinserted back into overwatch mm. yeah but i i personally believe that I, I think it's an awkward time to discuss this for sure because because of that I think it's a little bit with the power of hindsight that this is... It's also, honestly, with the promise that was made uh, in mind. Um, it's also, like, yes, I understand. Maybe this is more something that you would revisit once Overwatch 2 launches. We also don't know if Overwatch 2 launch win uh, that launch window... Uh, do I want it? Okay. Like, maybe the, it bridges us over um, the off-season anyway, right? By the way, no juice, just thinking, what if Overwatch was to release in February and, like, we're still starting in April, then two months of the off-season are already cut, possibly also with beta and whatnot, right? So, um, like, maybe we don't need it for this particular off-season. It's just really weird that we haven't had it for this one. Yeah, and that's where I kind of want to push back on the hindsight. Obviously, this has been one of or your, the ones before. Yeah, exactly. One of your staple soapboxes for a long time is that you know we should have you know cross divisional competition um, and know, more away with content, uh, matches. Yes, sure. We need more off season matches, but obviously, and I think you'd also be in agreement with this. But obviously, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we don't want too much. We also want teams to be able to rest and and maybe even opt out of some of the off-season content because of, you know, the, the demand of mm -hmm. these, these constant changes, whether it be, again, won't, won't, won't point any fingers at any formats, but I think you can, you can pick up what I'm putting down. 
Um, right. I, I do think we want a, a detoxification period, but we also need, uh, again, it's a balance. We need some sort of content. We need some sort of competition. I think the players also probably want some competition and it would be good to have something in place of the World Cup that is a little bit more prestigious that maybe everybody can compete in or, you know, if they want to. So again, agree. Yeah. I don't know exactly where to put it though. I think the Steel Series event it was probably a, a higher a, a higher cost event that we've seen recently because they had to pay casters mm. and oh, yeah. the observing crew and everything else. But the the Washington Justice event, I think, was could have was or could have been done on a very minimal budget. Yeah, yeah. Spent probably five hundred to a thousand dollars on assets if they didn't do that in house. They pay Avril pre yep. probably is just taking his salary uh, for doing that. Yeah. You get a team to do a couple of fun things. You give them some participation money. Call it good. And all call in it all, it's probably yep. a $10,000 event in and out. Yep. Um, yep. You know, like I don't doubt that they probably lost, uh, not lost money on it, but I, I don't think that they've, they've made that money back yet. Uh, and they're probably also not bothered by it, if I had to guess. Like, it's not a ton of money. They're probably not bothered by it. It's in the, you know, pull it from the marketing budget. Again, John, this is maybe a you question, but it doesn't seem like a gigantic loss. It depends enough. if the teams took a paycheck. If the teams sure. didn't take a paycheck, they they made money um, at some point or broke broke even. And they put some really mm. good content out there that wasn't, you can... Wasn't it charity? Was it charity? That I don't know. Am I am I misremembering that chat? Could be. I mean, Tell I think that's that. another avenue that you could take. You could even go charity with it. Yep. Compete for your favorite charity. You know, hey, we're the San Francisco Shock. We're you know we're going for Doctors Without Borders. Hey, we're the Paris Eternal. We're going. I don't know something French. You know, you could do it that way. I also say, like these off-season tournaments have such positive effects for the community. They do because as as we as we uh, analyze like even though I'm being a negative Nancy again, but overwhelmingly everything that was seen was received positively. <laughs> yes, that's also because it was close in most matches other than the final, but like... First Steel Series. I think I, yeah. I tweeted that... True, yeah. yeah. Um, I tweeted like, the less content we have, like we're just on this lonely island of like, and we just have each other to post on Reddit, and come up with... With like follow like either power ranking lists, ten threats after another. We're contributing to that. Can't moan too much about that. But then also like this guy followed this guy on Twitter. Is this guy being picked up? And then like everyone is atrocious. Apparently, like we're just like cannibalizing ourselves in order to get content. We're mm -hmm. trusting un uh, like anonymous sources with ridiculously low hits hit rates. Like, it's just the, the content that is going out and that is also being championed because people want the real thing. I learned a great word this week. It's called, um, it's a German word, uh, ersatz, uh, okay, in English it would be ersatz pleasure or like substitute pleasure, right? Where sure. instead of, what, what would be ersatz, uh, I don't know, like, basically I, where yeah yeah and i on. guess what you're trying to get at okay i'll give you my my awkward one okay you want to have a really awkward one sure okay 
No, I can't. I can't actually say that. Okay. So would would this be something like instead of you know instead of doing something, you do something instead, and and usually that. Yeah. Okay. I'll actually. Okay. I'll phrase it this way. Okay. That's yeah. That's that's the one I was thinking about. But for instance, during COVID, you don't uh-huh. have a lot of like physical interaction with Fair. other people and a yeah. lot of touch. Like. Sound for instance, so. Maya that's ple- pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Married Meta guy. Jesus Christ. Um Okay, this is going to like this is just peak covid and I did uh-huh. it before as well to a degree, but like this now it's like a thing. Like for instance, the as that's pleasure for touch, for physical human touch would be to have, have some warmth pad or something that simulates okay. the the experience, right? Sure. Or like rather than for instance, doing a thing that's really exciting and really cool to do, you rather, like, for instance, a project where you think, oh, this has really potential, instead of doing that yourself or, like, taking steps in your company or, like, making, creating a company yourself to do that, you go to a guy and bemoan, like, well, why don't we do that, right? Like, yeah, just yeah. a drive-by of, like, that's the that's pleasure of, like, the experience. And in the same sense... There's that's pleasure for actual games and celebrating our teams and players is to like just like muddle in gossip and yep. do the worst of the worst types of discussions uh, regularly over half a year period. I disagree. I think that the Overwatch or just end up just about any esports uh, fan base will gossip year around if you give them something to gossip about. Oh, 100 percent. And don't they would think choose to do saying. that. If if we uh, had a rumor mill, a churning rumor mill of 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 players moving around and being and it was all as spicy as it is during the offseason, it would dwarf any sort of game thread that you would see. I I don't disagree. I think rumor mills and drama and all that yeah, stuff is that, will definitely oh, always sure. do well. But the fact of like the, the fraction of it doing well would be a whole lot smaller if we had other things to celebrate and be very positive about. Um, I, I don't think this would dominate your news cycles as much as it does if we had other content to consume, whether it be competitions. And again, I'll bring it to the league's you know front office. There's nothing from them worth talking about right now. I think they're doing a fine enough job with some of the things that they're doing with like, oh, the pros analyzing their gameplay. That's great. Get, get, again, I, I think we're waiting for something. I, I think people really want something to sink their teeth into and they're not getting it. Uh, I, 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 yes, that's that's one of it. But I, I do think there's this this gets to a, a deeper discussion on exactly but where you spend your resources and it, how you want to do it. I think you should start now. Obviously, we've talked about that, but. Like the discussion on Reddit specifically and like on, on the socials that Twitter is also part of has never been as atrocious as this season in terms of like since we didn't have World Cup and all that type, st- type of stuff. Uh, bridging us over and we're believing every little fart towards like whatever might be novel information in the league because if you can't have like people finding it out and actually looking what what the real power rankings would be like the net or like how teams are shaping up and whatnot like that that type of stuff like the next best, best thing is just to grab everything and that's also that contributed towards my decision to also do 
mm-hmm. um, roster reporting and whatnot, even though, like, theoretically speaking, yeah, like, teams You need somebody just... ethical to do it, right? And that's where you kind of stepped in, where you're like, okay, if, if this is going uh, to happen, you might as well do it the right way. Yeah, you. Uh, I mean, you just gotta, like, I don't care who it is. Like, A, I think it leads to better outcomes if you're not anonymous, sure. so we can clap you if you get something wrong. And uh, and it uh, like it feel like it's worse. Some of these accounts aren't even one person. They can share the responsibility and just feel really safe about their mm-hmm. like miserable reporting. And like, I don't think this doesn't happen in other esports. But again, I, to to kind of crystallize what I think is is trying to get at is the fact that we're not talking about Shax's killer performance at the Steel Series Invitational, and we're talking about which direction Rascal farted. That's 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 the problem. I mean that that's all fine. Like the problem, my problem. Okay, here's here's the difference. I think we're now like this. This week has been much more entertaining and more fulfilling to read Reddit comments towards. Like even if it's not the real thing, because it's still like pretty much like fun games as we are outlined. It's much closer to the real thing than having battles in discord servers about who is good and who is not without any ability to prove anything at all right and i mean i'm i'm i in myself i feel that i got more spicy towards like certain opinions where um like we we have no way to measure them in the wild as well right Mm. and then like it's just like we could have other competition going on at the same time for instance like we could we could support uh, the tier two stuff more, and have that fill. We we just like we're just making it towards, yeah. Like the for instance on uh, on our Discord server, right, mm-hmm. bottom right corner, like the D- TC dump takes has never been in a more worse like state of affairs than in this off season because we just didn't have anything to go on for the longest time, right? Yep, so we're arguing and, about profit for. And like I'm not excluding myself. I'm not highbrowing this or like sure. high horsing this. I'm the one like the you're part of the, the people crying for the I'm content. I'm the worst. Yeah. I'm the worst. I just want games, dude. I can barely contain myself in in, yep. in these discussions when when there's nothing going on. And like then sometimes I lie in bed and just go like, oh yeah, that was really stupid. I shouldn't have that said that. I have no reason to believe that. <laughs> but I feel this very strongly. Like no, like I, I think. Everything is just better when you don't have 100%. to like resort. It's not even the second order events, right? Like it's not no. like we're, like first order is watching Overwatch League and actually watching the real thing. The next best thing would be like watching competitions, then scrims, that type of stuff. Like remember how people like went over the Glister League, like mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Like, we're not even there. We're not even at the third tier level. We're at Twitter follows of X, Y, and Z. That's like tier seven or eight. Which happens regardless. That that always will happen. But it happens so much more frequently. And it's so, like, filtered upwards. And it's so, like, given positive reinforcement that it happens more. And it wouldn't happen as much if we had other things to do. I agree. It's also the content volume. Like, I don't browse Reddit anymore on hot. I only go new sure. because there's like four posts a day. Ag- agreed. 100%. Hot and the and same thing. No. Couldn't are. tell you the difference. Um, the one thing that I do oh, think we have to get to is the fact that like, who do we hold accountable for this? 
we need to start not necessarily holding people accountable. That sounds way more like aggressive than it needs to be. But I think we should celebrate the fact that Steel Series is coming in, putting on these tournaments, celebrate these oh, teams yeah, yeah. that are going out of their way, like the Justice, like Soul, um, yeah. Shock versus the World. Granted, that kind of goes both ways. But I and in there again, I think that could have been done a little bit better. But there again, something's better than nothing. And I think that's where we need to start. I, I think we're all in agreement that content needs to happen. Maybe we can disagree on exactly how it happens, but teams need to, and the league in general, needs to step up in terms of delivering, um, whether, if it's content, whether it's tournaments, what have you. In, in many ways, this is an unfair nudge. And I think in, in a way, like... Is it unfair? They, I like, think it is. I, I interpret my role, like, more so as a journalist, but also here, which is not journalistic work, don't interpret it as such to push for the slightly unreasonable to make it so that it is reasonable and achievable that okay. the like we said it's unreasonable to have hero pools while everyone like in the community was saying uh, one week hero pools while everyone was saying uh stating against that stuff like i don't care if if ne people necessarily like if i believe it would bring about a better community i will push for that and respawn and die on that hill I don't care, right? But, uh, and I agree that maybe this is not the most reasonably, re uh, like, fair take in that particular situation, be also because of the outlined timing of it all. But this is more like a, of a, a, um, a plea that there's very, like, I, I don't believe that the potential that is the energy that's in the room during these six months of off season, that this is like the best thing the market can do with that. Like very, as, as uh, John said, like with very little investment, you could have had dope content throughout the, uh, the entire season. And all that you had to do is put your neck out a little bit and not be as scared about appearing bad in whatever you're doing with your um, team building. And I applaud for all the teams that have actually... You didn't have to, p to participate in the SteelSeries event as an organization. Don't have to. Don't have to show your, quote-unquote, ass in terms of if you had a really bad uh, condition right now also because of travel and whatnot. They still did, right? Like, especially, like, this must have feel, felt really anxiety-inducing for a team like Paris because of the situation, which I, at the time they probably said, yes, they couldn't have anticipated or they were actually looking forward to what what they could bring to the table but that's that's the problem like give people opportunity to really experience the real thing and like then we can contain the drama that follows from it because we don't necessarily want the we want dramatic effects we don't only only want to talk about the drama like there's drama above the i agree with what john says if we were just doing wwe stuff this would be probably more um, like uh, have more viewers. It would also be way less advertisable, right? Like nobody, like if, if Dogman takes a chair and starts beating up someone else, it's really hard to monetize that if, if that's a real thing, right? Yeah. Or the let's say if so someone starts just cursing all the way, like if people were just like streamers, streamer behavior, then that would be more interesting, but it probably wouldn't be monetizable as much. And where we I want to go with this? 
Overwatch has, and Overwatch League specifically, has a unique um, problem to address in the sense that their best content is not around actually playing the game. And by best content, I mean most viewed content, most interacted with content. Um, and not every, I would say every esport kind of varies as far as I'm not, I honestly don't know. Maybe what do you think it is just to help my, um, I would say, uh, roster leaks are probably it's best interacted and most viewed content. And then, um, shoulder entertaining content. Like honestly, plat chat has more viewership and probably brings in as much sponsorship money. As the Overwatch League uh, does further, at least in an individual match. Obviously, they sign season to season. But as far as what you look coming back out, um, it, I would be surprised if it's not uh, pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think like in terms of viewership, I, was, uh, I think it's, it's different if you have 40k views on a two-hour board every day because like, there's 10 matches. And then like against Platchat. Also, I would think... It's probably less but that's monetizable. A part, but, than... I mean, but that's a part of just not having a, a properly optimized product. Yeah. If people are only wanting to watch you that much, and that's the best way to get to, to optimize your product, then Overwatch League should be doing that. And they are ever going since to season one, route, ever since season one, we've dropped the number of viewership hours, or the drop the number of game hours per week, if I, under, if I remember correctly. Um, I think that's true. I think it's at least safe enough to say that the line goes like this. It might squiggle a little bit, but general, the trend is going down. Mm -hmm. On top of that, what did we just talk about last week for a ton of time? Primetime games. I mean, that is literally just like, give me my two hours of really good Overwatch League. And I I know that, I mean, I'm going to get railed for this opinion because number one i'm i i love overwatch league but i think i love it in a very different way than than you two do um Mm -hmm. you two are very smart analysts you understand the game at a micro level you are passionate about the game at a micro level and you see the scene in the way that you find the game um valuable uh to you and i do the same for me and and it's not even Mm -hmm. like it's not even by like Bias feels like it's a derogatory thing. It's just I I see and and use lenses very differently than you guys to to no no single one being better or worse. In fact, your guys's input on it and thoughts on it are probably more valuable than mine because I'm I see it more from the business side. I see it from more of like. I like to wear jerseys. I don't really care who's the best. Like, give me, give me a reason to buy your jersey. Give me a reason to tune in. Give me a reason. Whereas I think for more competitively minded viewers, it's I'm going to tune in as long as the competition is good. The but, production value is to me, like, obviously I want better yeah. production value, but sure. as long as I can see what's happening in the game, that's not that important. Um, yeah. I want to see players pop off. I think uh, it would be more correct to say that you guys would like to see teams pop off, <laughs> if that makes sense. Sure. And yeah, I think I know where you're going. So that's, I think that's just where. No, I agree. There's a disagree. Uh, uh, real quick, and yeah. then I'll, I'll uh, let you have the floor. I think I agree that there's a definitive disconnect or like difference in how people enjoy this. 
I'm not great at taking those into account, but I also think the potential for en enjoyment in the off-season for people that are watching for your reasons is also very high. Yeah. Do you and that's, think... That, that's kind of my question, real quick. Yeah. Do you feel, through that, through your lens of enjoying this game, do you feel catered to in the off-season? For I, I think I'm a little bit I'm I'm in a weird middle position in the sense where it's like okay. I'm not a true competitive viewer and I'm not a true casual like I, However, I do a podcast. You enjoy about the it. game. For me yeah. personally, uh more so than than you guys feel, but um not quite all the way, no. Yeah. But I, much I, more I, so than you guys feel. And that's a, just a genuine question. There's no right or wrong answer there. But I, I also want to kind of postulate that to the chat. Like, do you guys feel however you like the game? If you if you're a fan of one team, that's great. I don't care how you view the game. Do you feel catered to as a fan of however you want to view this game? I, I, I would argue most people would say no, but that's just my hypothesis. I, I also, well, I was just going to say, I know a lot of people whose favorite way to consume Overwatch, competitive Overwatch content right now is highlight videos and podcasts and True. recaps and social media. True. And True. a lot True. of that, I think, comes down to the just sheer number of hours there are to watch, mm -hmm. the lack of clarity and understanding of which, what are the good matchups to watch, which ones are the bad ones, the lack of stakes for 85% of those things. Like, those are all very easy fixable things if you're more care worried about the casual quote-unquote casual audience and i don't think it alienates either the, the more competitive viewers at all mm. to have that um yeah and that's just yeah it's it's just tough yeah, it's I, th I think like i remember writing an article about just the different little people i have in my in my heart that enjoy Overwatch in different ways, mm -hmm. where some of them enjoy the competitive integrity and the equal grounded uh, matching of skill and just like thriving, like seeing people do the best they can in a, as a team. It's just like almost a spiritual experience, but it's also, they, I also have the narrative guy in my uh, heart that wants to see stories that make sense. Right, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. sort of are tagged together. And then, for instance, Hero Pulse doesn't do a great job of that. If if the, the performance is different or wildly, and I don't understand the language that my story is written, for instance, because it's like I don't know, like Roadhog Sigma or whatever. And I think, in terms of the um, the content that we do, I think game. The, if you have a game. If you have games on, we can all congregate around the the fire mm. and everyone can have their own little thing what they want to do. The guys can sure. like some can get marshmallows, the other guys get mushrooms or whatever you want to do. But like I can have time. competitive uh I can have the competitive experience while other guys enjoy the narrative of like, oh, what is this new team like that type of stuff. Or like having cool moments because like teams don't feel as, as uh, heavily about having to win this one, so you ha get like ridiculous plays that they can uh, match up and whatnot. Like all of that is incorporated once you get games going. Everyone 
like content creators that are good at creating that specific type of content will congregate around that campfire and just create that content for you and we will just have like it's it's just not enough to have more off time in the season than actual mm. play it's just not in a cal calendar year and we are we are using a little bit of dirty data for this year right because of covid because Agreed. of the long <laughs> sure. extension yes because of overwatch 2 coming out like this this is by far the most extenuating the circumstance has ever been mm -hmm. um for competitive overwatch and uh it's we we need to recognize it as such um you know there's definitely an aspect where you know if i if i factor all of those things in um it it would be difficult for me to ask for much more from I guess the individual teams, I think more than anything, I think the Overwatch League, nothing should have changed and we should have been having a lot of content and a lot of first party um, tournaments, whatever else that looks like. I mean, I'm, I'm still surprised. Like, I can't believe no single team that I've seen on YouTube has come out with, you know, building Valiant or, you know, building Justice where they actually sit down. You do. Like, I'm sure maybe one six, or two is in the in the film room. Like do, it's getting edited. Yeah, you maybe, do a six but. to like eight week, 15 to 20 minute piece of um, shot content, which, you know, editing costs would be, you know, total cost for something like that would be probably around 15 <laughs> to twenty thousand dollars. OK, real fast. Yeah. Toronto has like a three part series that was actually kind of interesting. But again, I know how you feel about Toronto. Continue. Like yeah, I said, so also, no team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's but, also like let's remember we're the scene where twenty thousand people tuned in every weekend to two guys sitting in their bedrooms, very much mm -hmm. like the situation could be for fuck all price money, without any idea that this would lead into the Overwatch League, and we just okay. did it for the fun of it just liked to see that type of content and i think we can be like we can attract the type of people that also just like that content and like that it just leads to a better like and i'm i don't want to overdo it because there's definitely something to be said about rest time oh, for course. the players yeah. there's something to be said about um like when teams are building their rosters for the season so I'm not like there's also something to be said about fatigue and whatnot. Like I'm saying, like if we're actually only really having like a five and a half month season, there has to be something in the middle. And yes, I understand that like BlizzCon not happening because of World Cup is not great. That was still not enough. It still wasn't when everything was open. Just the World Cup was not enough. It wasn't even enough when we had the group stages. I might be changing topics a little bit here, but CDL, would you say that CDL has much stronger franchises as far as fan bases go than Overwatch League? Yeah, because they built that up over a decade, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, they're, they're, they all had to create new, you know, you've got Minnesota oh, you Rocker, you've got LA yeah. Thieves. Yeah. I mean, LA Thieves, yes. LA Thieves. And Minnesota have... Rocker, I think, is another one that they've done. And really interestingly, they've done um, basically the point I'm getting is why do you think I, I'm going to offer or go off the assumption that or that I personally believe that the CDL 
has done a better job at building franchise fan bases than the Overwatch League has. Um, I, the, the franchises okay. being more marketable, uh, the players being more marketable, whatever that aspect of it is, mm. the the CDL is a stronger model for this new franchise league than the Overwatch League is. How much weight do you yeah, put but, on the fact that Call of Duty is such a like stable game? Yeah, that with, could with definitely the be names it. already made, right? It's also like we actually allowed people to be called the Atlanta face and the LA right, thieves in, in and the optic yeah. were like that. We don't have, a that C9 was a good team. decision. Right. They and didn't originally though. Right. They, that they changed that. I think they had to struggle a little bit for a moment. Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause it was like but, the LA gorillas. And then when hundred thieves took the spot, they were able to get a hundred thieves. Yeah. Right. I would imagine there was some sort of, I think Atlanta face and, um, Optic like, team. Optic team always had that name. I think they just fought for that. Like, you, you just don't want to abandon these. Like, that's the good part about in, in the CDL. I think all the guys that are endemic and agree that it's just better, or like the league seems to agree that it's just better from for everyone if we have established storylines coming in. And they admittedly were also much more established than they were uh, in Overwatch because they had like way more time on us at the time. Yep. I still f firmly believe it is it was a mistake to not allow for instance Dallas Fuel to call themselves okay. their Dallas Envy um, and bring their legacy into that as well um, and bring the fans along with that even though in large parts it did because of the players but like I agree that they did better and I think we're catching up in terms of like uh, um mm -hmm. like customizing our content and our tone towards the actual makeup of our scene and what kind of people watch us but um I also think fundamentally COD had a stronger base to work from uh in the show, had, right? again like Did, decades of time I think like scum <sighs> I think scum might have more of followers than like half of the league combined in terms of Probably. I think it's, he has like the Washington Justice million. YouTube has less than 6,000 subscribers oh. we, we Which, this show <laughs> almost has as many subscribers as the Washington Justice that shouldn't happen period I get, I get COVID 100% I get it and again we have to give, I think we'd all be in agreement here to, to kind of praise the justice with what they've been doing recently and their kind of new vision for what they're doing. I think they've been much uh, more active than in past years, and that's good, but still. They're hitting a reset button for sure. 100%. Um, it's, a, it's a new. And they have not had, they've gone through basically a total rehaul every single yep. year the last three years, last two years, yep. now coming into the and third. That again, that can't happen, but that also comes with like who's gonna run all this stuff? Do they just, actually know what they're doing? <sighs> I just yeah. can't like I, I just can't wrap my mind. There's some sort there has to be something missing why teams seem to be so unsuccessful with content. Um mm. and yeah, that's weird, right? It's just like and I, I just can't put my my finger on it as far as like what what it is and I, it, yeah 
do we need a hundred thieves ownership in the Overwatch League? Was the cost too high that it you know put in in too many uh, non endemics and building from scratch and like forcing people to go from behind because. Ah, like you know, how do you get? I struggles. How, how I do you struggle get an so individual player? That. I like. I don't want individual player interviews every day on a YouTube channel. Yeah. I I think that that's dumb. I also don't want like three pieces of content a month that are you know too long and too produced. Sure. There's you know what do you? I like in comparison, like just to give people an idea, right? Like for instance, if you had. An, an esports interview or whatever, and you would compare in CS, and you would compare the ratio of of like how many people are expected to watch that on average mm -hmm. against like someone that creates uh, uh like um learn to play content uh for some like Boal or whatever sure. or three clips Philip I think was his name or whatever the ratio in Overwatch is bonkers off like the the the, these educational channels outperform teams, even the educational content by from teams super heavily. And like there's dope content to be done, but it's like honestly, like to a degree, like Francis, I absolutely didn't understand why um contested with Jane and Avast didn't pop off. I don't understand. I Weren't really don't understand the, the audience. Uh I think they had a YouTube channel. Like well they, like they posted the YouTube after, but they went live on Facebook. And then, yeah, but you're, but you're still, you're still right. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, if, if, are they in algorithmic click holes where they just have to grind out of and Because like the audiences aren't used to like getting that type of content. Is the distribution uh, wrong? Do people actually care about something else in Overwatch? Like it, it's, it's really hard to figure out what, what do the you, core audiences do i mean i i think that overwatch competitive overwatch does relatively poorly when it comes to like content and we can all agree with that but don't other games like call of duty have um valorant is another one have really strong learning channels while still having really strong competitive channels as well I'm not sure about Valorant, but yeah. Not, I, not think there are plenty I was of, just thinking of Valorant from like an educational standpoint. Yeah, yeah. As a I think there game. are plenty of people. I, shout out to Peak. I you know love you know, again an right. Overwatch alumni True. going out there doing it doing it big. I think he's like a cipher guy now, like showing mm -hmm. people how to lay them trip wires and mm -hmm. cyber cages and whatnot. He's he's killing it. I think there will always be that educational content. I think that's ubiquitous and evergreen for for any game out there. You name it, there's educational content and it's killing. I, I struggle my my big gripe with all of like and not necessarily comparisons. I don't think you guys are comparing them, but when we stack Overwatch up, none of these games change fundamentally as much as this one, and the community never gets to learn the game. So they never care about, you know, oh, why did we swap Torbon uh Hanamura point B on the third fight with you know this time left remaining? They never get into the X's and O's. And I'm saying, not saying you need to, but even you're not even getting anywhere near it. You're not even like touching an iota of like, oh, I wonder why they did that. They don't care. The players aren't necessarily feeding that into the interviews because they know what else, what also kind of like is going to do well. Like it's it, the thing it, is, I go always back to the fundamental issue with this game. 
that no other game seems to really have a problem with. We started poorly. We started, we, we had like a fuck, we had a false start. And it's just snowballed out of control. And now we have a clear division on terms of like the people who play the game, love the game, but have no clue. It's two different worlds. I, I would love, I would just love to work. I just go to an Overwatch League team, give me $100,000 to create a year's worth of content. Yep. I think you do that too. I, I, I trust that you would have the vision i guess the issue is like do you have the trust would they trust you into doing that because i think I that about inside the LA... dollars for my budget by the way not for my for my salary yeah, yeah. Not, you're not your pay. <laughs> i i do believe that the inside the la valiant was probably the best produced and most honest um maybe even too honest in, in some scenarios and i think we all know exactly what i'm talking about um piece of it you know behind the scenes content and i don't see i'm not surprised that it did as well as it did did it kill by any stretch of the imagination no but it also only happened for like half of season one if this was ongoing throughout the entirety of four seasons i think it probably is one of the best piece of content and there's probably la valiant fans still watching it today through the the debacle that's happened like if you give john a camera just stick him inside the locker room and give him like the trust to be honest and, and open with the community through that content, I think it does well, but we can't continue to just mass produce like, yes, you know, sit player down and tell him to them to, you know, talk about how they're going to try really hard today's game and then show me five minutes of gameplay. And then that's the content that's not going to do well. It hasn't done well in 10 years. And you, you have to try a little bit more. You, you have to try a little bit harder than that. And that also gets back to the endemics. I think the, ende again, I'm spitballing here. I would trust that the endemic franchises in Overwatch probably do better in terms of content than non-endemics. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm again yeah, honest I'm and sure. very genuine question. I would trust that that would be the case. I don't actually know. Like here's here's a, an interesting thing, right? I understand that there's something like educating an audience towards like and like going up the algorithms and whatnot. That's all mm. fine. But there's also something as like having like a distribution channel as powerful as the Overwatch League should have with their various platforms. Agreed. So if you look at like, for instance, Kaku's videos where he goes like one tip, whatever, right? Yeah. Like these videos get from 2.7 million to like 300,000 mm -hmm. amount of views. You know what our pro player, uh, like, um, how to play type of stuff. It's 25k on the main fraction. Yeah. Why? I don't understand. Like, I understand, yes, what I mentioned, the algorithms, like educating an audience. I'd say the format as well. I don't think that it explains it. I almost feel like there's an adverse effect where you're like, this is a pro I don't want to watch or something like this. I have no idea what uh, what the reasoning is, why we can't get this off the ground to that degree. I... I, I do think there's there's some merit to what you're saying. I think algorithmically could be better. I think the format, again, Karku has a fantastic just like 
bite size immediate i I get immediate value by watching there's not a ton of like oh well like kind of abstract obtuse concepts like well we could do this like it is very much x's and o's one tip boom go next what's my next tip you know uh look down when i'm you know crouching and and do this that like it's immediate it's impactful i can use this in my own gameplay i don't need to like think about compositional mismatches and and positioning and it it's too obtuse for for most people i think if we started with that kind of stuff we'd be at a different point now but we have to kind of start small and work up big i think again why isn't the over not why isn't the overwatch league but why isn't overwatch taking car cue and being like look here do it for us i don't care we've seen it in the past with some of the prominent community members making great content i would love to see car get put inside of the overwatch league brass and and start to develop content specifically for that audience to bring them in oh lemon q raises it like this is a point i feel to my soul like mm-hmm. content a lot of the time is about who and not always about what is being delivered that is very true especially yeah that's like, fun i think that's fundamental yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. But um, like it's weird that our who the pro player is so isn't weak. yeah it's very weak. So uh, yes, and and I think it there's definitely content that it depends on. Um, like the type depending on the type of content, the who is going to matter more or less, right? For example, educational videos. Go take uh, a hit scan. Sure. Put any voice for a narrator instead of uh, Ryan, and they're going to still get great views. Mm-hmm. Um that's nothing against ryan like ryan's an incredible editor and an incredible voice but there's just not really a face behind a lot of that unless you're tuning into the streams it's just not a part of what the content's meant to be about uh but you have and the the problem is that teams have gotten generalized advice and have implemented it poorly i don't want to know about the personality of someone on your stream that's boring or on on your team that's boring i don't Mm. i don't want to have a 30 minute piece of content that's fluff even if it's with super or somebody you know jake if you just ask them so where does the name jake come from yeah um how did you first get into to get into video games there's a time Again, and place for that type of content, and I think we've passed that. Look um, at Toronto with the Surefor thing. They take that those questions, but they frame it and execute it differently. Where they're like, "Hey, let's go interview the parents. Hey, let's try to figure out who you know Lane is, not necessarily Surefor, right? Like the human of this. Like he, they kind of humanize him well. They at least try a little bit harder than, "Hello, Mr. Jacob Lyon. Um, you know, how did you start to, uh, playing the video games today?" I think so. Oh, I mean, very interesting. Honestly, even then, I find player personality pieces to be kind of meh as far as content yeah. goes. Unless, unless you've got I dynamite personality. I would much rather go, you know what? This week, we've got a 10-minute, super well-edited highlight video on aggro super Reinhardt charges. <laughs> and it's just... A clip of Super's most, or a, a video of Super's most insane clips that gets shared over and over and over again shows him being uh, not toxic in a bad way, but you know, being being aggro. And sure. you you put it together with really great pacing and really great music, and I think that that gets shared 
everywhere. And I think Yiska won't ever watch it and I get it. But um, even then I've seen Yiska with very high skill plays. He'll share, he'll share those. Um, he'll share those videos. Is there a spot to do, you know, the, the, the five most impactful moments from last week's matches for the San Francisco shock where you have somebody sit down, identify these five moments and talk about them with a coach. Put, put reinforce in charge of it. Reinforce, go find me the five most impactful plays. Give me like a bite-sized crystalline explanation of why it was impactful and let's argue about it. Again, like the fact that you kind of are going out there and being confident about something, you're immediately going to get pushback regardless, but that's engagement. That's, you know, that's that's kind of what we need. We want to have those discussions. We want to battle it out. Have, you know, like, oh, why wasn't Myung-Bong's playing here? Da, da, da. Like, I can already hear those discussions being, you know, but those are all good. There's Those are all good things. Content vision is, I think, really what, what teams end up missing overall here is what are you trying to achieve with your content here? What do you achieve with a 20 minute sit down yeah. podcast thing. What do you, what do you achieve for that? How does that strengthen your brand? How does it bring in new fans? And if it doesn't do that, if the end content doesn't achieve those goals, don't release it. Yep. Just don't and, release uh, it. The Overwatch league needs to hire a, a famous YouTuber. Like get to the point, cut out all okay. the filth, cut all the downtime, I, just point, here, point, 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 point next. Uh, like I, here's, again, that's Overwatch. Here's a, like, I won't expose who told me this idea. Just know, okay. like, if that person tells me it's fine to credit him after the fact, then that's fine. But someone this weekend just said, and this is not specifically for esports, but for Overwatch specifically. Mm-hmm. Imagine just like how you could change the tone of how we think about this game if you just threw money at the OTV crew right now. And like, how you could reframe the discourse about that game, that game to like, wait, they're having fun in this game? Yeah. And like, like maybe get them on specific like contract and maybe, maybe you have luck and it, be- it becomes like a, a, a game that attracts other streamers because these guys has, have to fulfill the contract and therefore they're getting their fence in. If the viewership numbers pop for that reason, because they're not taking it that seriously, like mm. that type of stuff could it wouldn't do anything or not much to, okay. It would trickle down in fractions to the esports viewer base. It would help the game uh, of Overwatch, like not being outside of top 20 for several months now in terms of uh, viewership on Twitch, for instance. Right. Sure. I, so man, I, A, I don't think that you can, I don't think it would work today. I don't think you okay. could throw money at offline TV today and have it look like anything more than Overwatch throwing around their big Blizzard campaigns yeah. and, and trying to get people to love their game that they've neglected. And I feel if like it would, be an awful, fans, it, would, it would be an yeah, awful be PR move to do, yeah. but... If it's not organic, yeah. I, I think one of the or some of the worst stuff that that Overwatch let happen is they let Tim the Tatman get out of their uh, community. Imagine if Tim was still just streaming Overwatch. I mean, and maybe chat can correct me if I'm wrong. I think they did promote his stream, but there again, uh, well, I they, have and they pay and they pay him. Moon Moon's another great yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. call as well. Um, there There's was a ton of streamers. XQC, I, just... I mean, uh, XQC, 
Like, um, look at the people that we had. There's and they still try to bring those guys back in from time to time because as best they can, as best as they can. Yeah. But the problem is, is that they, for whatever reason, they weren't able to retain them. Um, I have a reason. I, I, I think I know, but go ahead. This game It's the game has to slow down. In in certain aspects and ramp up in others, we cannot start this game in 2016 with no hero limit being a core fundamental principle that is a tweet posted by the official Overwatch Twitter account numerous times in response to people going, "Wait, Torbjorn six stacks two OP, Ryan six stack, oh my god, nerf please." These this is copied and pasted numerous times. This this we've gone away from that ad nauseum. We can't that that can't happen. We can't have all of these changes and expect people to still like this game. The you fall in love with one thing and then next week it's something completely different. I don't know how I got into Katy Perry, but I'm here now. Okay. I'm Katy Perry. You're hot. I'm cold. I want also to be hot. Okay. Let's just be hot together. The other ever happened, Joe. The other know. really devastating <laughs> thing about this all though is that streamers are no longer defined. The best streamers are no longer defined by the games that they play. And yeah, so I mean, streamers are become, more yes. in control than ever about yeah. the paychecks they take, the games yeah. they play, and when. There's no <sighs> loyalty so to Fortnite. Yeah. As soon as Fortnite fell off of, you know, uh, fell yeah, off out. the Bye. thing, they're gone, right? Yep. Um, you know, in most creators, the, honestly, the only creator that I see that's just really, really struggled uh, is Ninja. Um, where, you know, he streams for, you know, maybe 10 K, uh, on, on streams that he's not yeah. still streaming Fortnite. Um, and that's, it's such a weird thing to say, but like everybody else has relatively retained their viewers. Courage JD on an entirely different platform is blowing up. Um, yeah. and so, you know, when you have those types of players are those types of, um, creators, they go where the viewers are not necessarily where the money is at least long-term. Like you couldn't, Hey, you couldn't afford to make somebody like courage or, uh, Tim to play your game for uh, the next year. You couldn't yeah. afford it. Like you, you just have to make a good game. You would yeah. have to sell another overwatch league slot. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, franchise to make that happen. Legit. Legit. Yeah. And it's it's hard. Like we're like that's a problem for all of esports because like if you think about it as like the the evolutionary pressure on the on the professional esports player is to be highly professional, grinding hard. Like it it's almost like counterintuitive to be the best in the world while also being in entertaining, right? Yeah, and if you are, why the hell are you in esports not being paid a fraction, yeah. comparatively, than being a streamer, right? Like, why would you ever not go the route Shroud there's, uh, went? There's right? just I mean, there's a reasons. Of, there's but... not a lot of crossover, is, I, like, yeah. is what you said. So, number one, there's not a lot of crossover over from great entertainers and great gamers. Like, top-tier, tier-one gamers. We were very gifted in Overwatch uh, that we had Siegel, we had XQC, um, yep. Jake, so uh, uh, Dogman, Surefire, Reinforce, yeah. Surefire. You had 
I would say by the, the, the problem is I would say by, by most Trying, like large go. entertainers aspects, some of those don't quite get up to that top tier, but they are entertaining sure. enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But any one of those is supremely disadvantaged by going to the overwatch league instead of being a contact creator. Dude, it's like, that's the problem. Like it, it almost needs to be the competition. That's the draw somehow, because if it's the best to go to bed at 9 a.m. after eating your peas, but it's exactly 39 gram, like your doctor tell, told you, to optimize your performance, well, uh, someone else is gobbling it up, and that's the best content on Twitch. Like, having pit- sleeping on pizza cartons, basically. Like, th- those are completely different areas we're getting to. And mm-hmm. we're, like, unless we make the competitive product to be super enticing, it, it, like, or to be the main thing, and maybe it can't be. Maybe this is just not the time, the zeitgeist, if you want, for that to be the most attractive thing to young people possible. Like, mm. I, I, I often feel disconnected in that. Like, I, I think both, like, the generations that I, the older generations that I, um, like, uh, communicate with, like, my father, my uh, uncle, like, uh, yeah. my great-granduncle, so like grandpa level, like these generations, mm. that's their top tier content that they're consuming. Like they're yeah. watching sports for the competitive aspect, right? They want to see the winners. I'm not and... that like that's I'm not sure if that's necessarily like always going to be true for the sports. Oh, one hundred percent. I don't and there's maybe a generational shift where because we found out somehow that content like that there is something like even juicier like mm-hmm. it, 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 what you could do than competition and like then it is sad because like i think we're losing a lot of value that competition brings to society but sure. like it, that's the that's the pressure that we're fighting against where it's like is this actually the best thing that we could do or was it always going to be wwe after that was invented so to speak I don't, I, I think you can have, you, I think you'll always will have competition. I think that, again, that's an evergreen, like people will always want to figure out who is the best at something. Right. That the moment somebody bet somebody else that they were going to beat them in, you know, ping pong on the Atari, that was the birth of esports, right? Like that was the, the infantile yeah. seeds being planted. There will always be monetary exchange, whether it's Bitcoins, Dogecoins, rubles, you name it. People will want to, you know, play for something that gives them monetary gain or some sort of status, right? I think we're all in agreement to that. What can't happen is it can't be more effort than it's worth to be able to try to compete and then still chase after that, if that makes sense, right? Like you can't work yourself to death to chase after competition. You can only do that so much. Where something else, whether it be a game, a new game, a new ecosystem, a new competition you want to chase after becomes a lot more attractive or just going the opposite around being entertaining becomes way more attractive. Overwatch has a problem. And again, goes back to the fundamental game kind of theory that I've touted. Because we continuously change, we don't have big stars. We don't have a, a rich history. We don't have entertaining people that you can call back to and look at their history. We, we don't have, you know, people staying and, and not staying loyal, but chasing after a dream because it's too far off. You have to work 
so ridiculously hard. And I'm not saying everybody should be given participation medals, but this game asks so much of you because it changes so frequently. And there's so much just obnoxious hero pool garbage that's thrown at these, these players and these coaches that makes them go nuts. Let's, let's call it what it is. Like this, this is affecting them more than I think they're letting on. And it's not worth it. At the end of the day, at the end of the season, you're seeing more player burnout. You're seeing more people leave. You're seeing more people go to different games. You're seeing more people, you know, go on to be streamers and content creators and maybe even for other games. We don't retain people because this game isn't worth it, period. So obviously we didn't get to talk about um, any of the tournaments that happened this past week. We will, um, I think next week we'll be fine because um, something I have in in our notes um, to specifically talk about um, is is I think more of the macro stuff. How did the teams look? What was mm. what were we kind of seeing being played? Mm. Um, you know, anything at all moving the needle um, on any of this that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that that's still relevant for next week. Mm. Um, or to Yiska, it's irrelevant no matter what. <laughs> uh, so hey. we're we're gonna cut it for now because we already went quite a bit over time. Um, on that mm-hmm. one, true, true. Uh, but thank you, chat, and everybody for hanging out with us. There's so many uh people crossed Good up into so, cropped up over 75 viewers for a little bit, and that was really neat. Um, big thank you to brand new subs, Cam GFXA. As well as the resubs from Dulkey, P. Scott, Chris R. Three Four 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 Four, Porkchop, Sammy, Fire Element, Big Yogurt, Boo Man Fu, and the Jaded Tongue. Thank you so much. Up to forty subs now. Thank you. Ooh, you're the best. Um, really appreciate you all um, for supporting the show. Another great way to support the show is to go to our Patreon, the Patreon.com/slash/TacticalCrouch. Big thank you to our patron producers. Refine Bean, Ferdino, Battlecrab, Picasso, Lolshin, Rex Zane, Sir Gerthalot, Porkchop, Sammy, Conscious67, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chris R34444, Bronzebot, Boohow, MFG. If you like the show, I'm getting called on my phone and everything is ringing. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, like the show, please go do consider supporting there, leaving a Twitch Prime sub right here at twitch.tv slash kicktripod. We would really super duper appreciate it there's one more thing that i feel like we should always mention at the end of episodes like this uh we love overwatch yeah okay we really enjoy overwatch we're not going nowhere and we want to watch we want to enjoy it more overwatch and we want the scene to be wildly successful yes and we want it to grow and we want new people to come in and please don't take episodes like this where you know it can come across as uh heated or frustrated or over it or whatever we've been doing this for 163 episodes we really like the game and sometimes a conversation like this pops up where um it feels timely it feels appropriate and as uh, three people who have been fans and been involved in the league for a long time. We want to help it grow and we want to help it succeed. Um, so please don't misconstrue anything, um, you know, as in like, why do you guys even do the podcast if you hate Overwatch so much? And that's not at all where this is yeah, coming no. from. So 
Yeah, hate and love is very close together, right? Yep. It's true. They're passionate people. That's true. Um, but let's do some shout outs for the week and where people can find you. Um, Yiska, you go first. I did. Okay. Good news first. First part dropping tomorrow. Dope contents with another head coach. Um, we sat down like the actual podcast. The full thing would have been over three hours. We talk, uh, talked about stuff. There's some good stuff in there. Once again, so much good information. And I'm, I, I hope people actually at least take the time to read through it too long, didn't read. Because there's like legitimately, I could have probably dragged 15 to 20 articles just out of that first too long didn't read because there's so many interesting thoughts interesting aspects information from last season from the seasons before from way back when um like in these discussions and then the second part is dropping the day after so that just as juicy like i i really enjoyed my time um and i think there's also talk about a couple of of really good players uh in there and do I want to drop the name? Do I want to say who it is with? Should I? I, I don't think right. it's a... Uh, I sat down for three hours with Brad of the Atlanta Rain. Interesting. Sophie! Sweet. I'm excited. We should look at getting him back on, on this show, too. True. Bringing him should back be on. Interesting. We're due for yeah. some guests, huh? We are. Yeah, like, we start wrapping definitely. him back up. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Joe, what about you? Um, this week, I uh, shout outs to London. I thought they had a fantastic performance, and I think they're a how would you put this? A a a front and center piece of how deep I think NA actually is in terms of competition. Um, I, I don't really know at this point after the Steel Series uh, Invitational how many boring and, and resident um, kind of sleeper games we're going to get in NA after London kind of put up that kind of performance, especially. Um, obviously, oh, Yiska kind of alluded to this at the start of the show, like Paris having some some connectivity issues. I think if that gets resolved, I think they're also a very competitive team. And that kind of opens up the narrative to look at a lot of these other teams that have pretty frankly terrible narratives of surrounding them to actually be quite quite competitive so again super exciting knock-on effects from the still still series stuff that's coming out um i i praise the overwatch league community and the the league itself for you know kind of opening up um the off season a little bit more and i think it should continue that's later this week and then uh, some valorant stuff uh, later today so yeah if you're if you're still following valorant uh come on over sweet uh, as for me, uh, I've got I've got three YouTube videos that I need to um, get done. Um, I'm doing a review on the Razer Kyo Pro webcam. Kind of spoiler alert, it's really great and probably what we'll be looking at upgrading Yiska and Joe to. Looks good. Showed uh, us earlier. Secondly is um a the road pod mic the microphone that yiski uses it i'm going to be running it through and, and giving kind of my overall review on it and third is an unreleased product it's a pretty cool company reached out to me to review i'm a pretty big uh, company in the content creator space and um 
those get here tomorrow and uh, we'll hopefully have that review done over the weekend. So a lot of editing to do and, and that kind of stuff. But if you're into at all the kind of the more tech streamery podcastery side of things, that's something you're interested in. Uh, YouTube.com slash kick tripod. YT is where you can find all those. I just crossed 600 subs there. So, um, thanks everybody. Who's been, uh, hanging out and subscribing there. really appreciate it. Uh, other than that, that's going to do it for us. Big thank you to everybody who hung out today. We love you all. We will see you uh, next Wednesday for episode 165. Until then, bye.